changing my major to Jared. What? Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that loads up a whole bunch of meat that could feed a bunch of people, and then we choose not to feed it to anyone. We just use it, we stick it in our mouth, and we stick it right back out. I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Shelton. Jared, what have you stuck in your mouth lately? Oh my. Oh my. Too much whiskey? There you go. (laughs) That was last night. You had a good time last night. I did have a good time last night. Uh, Steven and I closed the show. Uh, Everyone at home say happy birthday to Steven. Happy birthday to ya. He turned 80 yesterday. That's not true. He turned 30 yesterday. There you go. That is correct. I'm 30 years old. And to celebrate your 30th birthday, you went home early so you could wake up for a haircut at 9am. Yeah. Oh, that... (laughs) I do have a story about this. And it's so frustrating to me. So this morning, they had a haircut planned. I go to a local barbershop. It's small business. I like them. They're all very nice. They take their time. It's great. No idea why you'd schedule your haircut for 9 a.m. the day after you're supposed to be having your 30th birthday party, but to each their own. I needed a haircut. It was was needed. (laughs) Clearly, that's more important. Anyway, at Hold That Thought, at 8 in, the, 8 in the morning, like an hour before the haircut was supposed to be, I get a text message saying, Hey, Steven, this is your barber. Unfortunately, I'm going to have to call in sick to the shop. Having some horrible sinus issues. Would you be able to come in tomorrow at the same time? I'm like, no. I have to work downtown. Like, it doesn't make sense for me to come in. That's all right. Go be sick. Take care of yourself. And that's where I expect it to end. Like, yeah, yeah that's fine. And this person continues to try to make something work. And I'm like, just, no, it, it's okay. Just, I'll, I'll come there next time. I'm going to go somewhere else, like more of a chain place. It, it's fine. Uh, I just really want a haircut today because I don't have time the rest of the week. And I just, I keep, th- this person like tells me their life story. And I'm like, I, okay, I get like your barber has ancient anxious attachment style. I am I can try to come in later and like no, like take care of yourself, please. Like it's okay. If I, I it's not that big of a deal and then our other barber is booked, feel free to reach out if if you know, we can do it another day or I can come in later, or I can let you know. I'm like stop. This person's going through some stuff. And then continues to tell me, like, no, it, it's about my migraines, and I have these all the time, but it's, it's, I was like, okay. Again, I didn't ask. I, I, I just, I, I thought this was a transactional conversation, like, I can't do it, cool, thanks, done, that's it, that's end of conversation. End of conversation. Is what it should have been, but it went on for a while, and I'm just like, stop. You gotta stop seeing that barber, man. I mean, I think this was the first time I... I don't care about who does it. I just care, like, I want to go to that place. Oh, they take you time. go to that place, not one specific person. Yeah. Okay. Just weird. All, all around weird. I got the haircut anyway. That's upsetting. Yeah. I would be... I'd be weirded out, man. I don't <laughs> think I'd be able to go back to that place. I was at 8 in the morning, but it's, it's fine. 
I don't want to text my barber. I just want to get a haircut. That's it. That's all I want. <laughs> anyway, that's that's more information than we needed out of Stephen's haircut. But I just, I thought it was funny. You're apologizing for telling a story on a podcast where we start every episode talking about something from our week. Yeah. You're apologizing about the content you are currently making. Yeah. What have you been up to? What have I been up to? Honestly, this last week has not been... It's been busy, but nothing that's interesting to talk about. It's just, you know, closing the show, although my work was done weeks ago, uh, means that I've... And having my friend out of town, all that means this week was sort of like the catch-up week. Yep. Of getting a lot of different shit done. So it's just odds and ends in life and... Sometimes that's okay. And sometimes that's okay, and we like that. Maybe I'll actually get some laundry done today. Who does that? That's what I'm doing today. I have so many, like, chores and things that I'm doing today. It's a real bummer. Speaking of things that aren't a bummer, emails! If you want to email us, feel free to do so. SurvivorTBT at gmail.com. Twitter, at SurvivorTBT, or Reddit, u slash SurvivorTBT. Starting with Carl. Carl, episode 5 email. Not only weren't the top three most populous countries a part of this international criminal court, you also mentioned that Indonesia Indonesia wasn't the yeah. fourth most populous. Oh, I didn't realize Indonesia was the fourth most populous country in the world. That's only like 40% of the world's people, no biggie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically it's a way to try small countries yeah. for crimes and then big countries get to not. Correct. Uh, more important things, Survivor. Turns out Butch was absolutely right about the machetes. Oh my god, you're right! Uh-huh, Alex took a machete to the face. Oh my god! Yeah, isn't that funny? Yeah, I'm not sure why Rob hates Dave so much. That storyline seems to come out of nowhere. It does! It seems to come out of nowhere, and, like, we don't see any... I mean, maybe we'll probably see more of it after they merge, but... <laughs> okay! <laughs> Jenna said in an interview later that she got as much info as Dave did. I kind of believed her, but also not really 100%, because her first pick is Alex, who wasn't aligned with Dave, and she picked after he selected Heidi, so she wouldn't have taken an ally of his to retaliate if she knew who was out. Like, Yeah, I mean, she could have a different strategy, but yeah, I don't believe her that much. I think maybe she thinks she did, Yeah, but I think she got played. <laughs> I agree the draft is super interesting. I I don't know if I would have taken Heidi if I was Dave. Sparing her might have bought him an ally in Jenna down the road. Yeah, I, I don't really understand the strategy. Yeah. I liked the tribes. I liked the way it sh- shook out. Yeah. But I don't really understand what their strategies were. <laughs> Maybe Dave kept Butch and Roger around because he felt more solid with them than the others. Matt was on the outs and Rob and Alex are tight with each other, but maybe not Dave. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Absolutely love Heidi asking Dave, if you were in my position, what would you do? Like, he's going to say, oh, gee, I don't know, probably not vote with us. Yeah. If you were in my position, would you vote yourself out? Hmm. Hmm. No. Jean saying at Tribal Council she's voting based on alliances and the weakest link. Damn. Good thing Hugh drew a stick to decide who that was. <laughs> I forgot him. I, I didn't connect those two dots. That's yeah. hilarious. It's great. And of course, Heidi spelled Jean, G-E-N-E. Yeah. Classic feminine way to spell that. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. And happy birthday, Stephen. Excited for the next two-thirds of my life. Thanks, Carl. That was really nice. 
Also from Tyler. Tyler, in my very first email, I posted a bunch with where are they all now for the contestants up to that point. I started emailing, which was about one and a half seasons worth. So understandably, you had to skim through it and skip some things. So I decided to go back and slowly put those things that you had to skip over <laughs> the next few episodes where I don't have to end. I appreciate that, Tyler. You the real MVP because I will get lost in my... I have too many things. BB appeared on commercials for Home Depot and Reebok. <laughs> and you can actually watch the Reebok commercial on YouTube. Oh, man. Is there a link? There's not only. I'm gonna find one. it. We'll, we'll find it. We'll look that up. Greg got a master's in master's of science degree from Colorado State University and founded Pioneer Green Energy, a oh. renewable energy development company. Thank you, Greg. Cool. Save the world. I'll post more in the next episode. And to end the email, I mentioned that an iconic voting confessional for this season is cut out from Paramount Plus due to copyright. If Stephen has another way to view it, he's free to use it. But if you need go use this video so we'll we'll check that in a hot second the video is for episode seven but i know you guys sometimes watch multiple vi episodes so yes i will star that and we'll get back to that in a hot second thank you for doing that tyler and that's all our emails for today anything else you would like to get to no bumper <laughs> Alright, so this episode came out on March 19th of 2003, six days after the last episode. Mm. And it, at least the next two episodes, I didn't look any farther than that, also came out on Wednesdays. So they, at some point, for some reason, switched from Thursday releases to Wednesday releases, and then maybe kept it that way? Who knows why? Probably like network scheduling. Probably not that interesting, but a little tidbit there. So in the week between episodes... A lot happened, but a lot of the same thing happened. Mm -hmm. You're going to sense a theme with these by the time I get to the second one. Okay. Or I guess now I've kind of given that away with the first one. <laughs> Start of weekend of protests against war in Iraq that are attended by millions. Okay. Okay, wait, no, the second one is different. Hu Jintao becomes president of People's Republic of China. Okay. The largest coordinated worldwide vigil takes place as part of the global protests against Iraq war. Okay. British Cabinet Minister Robin Cook resigns over government plans for the war with Iraq. <laughs> and then the day the episode came out, airstrikes by American and British-led coalitions signaled the beginning of the invasion of Iraq without United Nations support and in defiance of world opinion. Oh, God. So, I did not realize at the time, because I was young and living yep. in America, how much the rest of the world at the time opposed the invasion of Iraq. I thought it was much more like like a year or so down the line, it was like, ooh, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't have done this. But no, the rest of the world was like, don't do this. Yeah, that's crazy. I I am in the same camp. I, I don't remember anything like that where the world's like, hey, America, like, calm your shit. We get it. it you're upset, but like, calm your shit. And that's just a good reminder that we only have certain perspectives mm -hmm. and that what you know as truth might not be true. Correct. Because like you, because we were raised in an environment that was like very pro that. Yep. And then here we are, twenty years later, learning that the rest of the world was not on our side. I mean, we're we've grown up enough that we know how much <laughs> we talk about indoctrination a lot these days. Right. And that's really <laughs> along the lines more of indoctrination of you. You will support nationalism. You will support this war. Yeah, support the troops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. 
But I think the part that is that is surprising is that 20 years later, you and I are just now finding out that there were a lot of people that at the time were against it. Or that there's that a lot of the world was against it. Sure. That isn't something that gets brought up that like everyone else was saying this is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Not just the people in America that were saying this is a bad idea, which was also a good amount of people, but not a majority, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Number one song is still In Da Club. In the Club by 50 Cent. By 50 Cent. Uh, top five movies. Tears of the Sun at number five. Chicago, still at number four. E. Agent Cody Banks. I remember Agent Cody Banks. So do I. The Hunted and then Bringing Down the House. Agent Cody Banks is the one I looked up for this week because I remembered it existing because it's 15-year-old Frankie Muniz yep. playing a spy. Do you want to guess what its audience score on Rotten Tomatoes is? Part of me wants to say it's higher than I expected because, like, people who grew up with it are the ones who are going to be putting it. So I'm going to go with, like, a 59. 32. Nope. Okay, I was wrong. <laughs> it's apparently a very bad movie. <laughs> All right. Because it, it's Frankie Muniz, and who's the, the, like, female young person in that? Hillary Duff. Okay, I was like, it's a famous person, right? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and Keith David plays... The CIA director. What a silly concept for a movie. Listen, our national security relies on this 15-year-old from <laughs> suburbia. Yeah. Go on. Save the world, child. Go stop the war in Iraq, Frankie Muniz. <laughs> he blew it. He didn't finish it. Uh, I'm sorry, Frankie. And that's what you missed in the week between episodes. Hey. Must have been... Like, this episode aired on the day that we invaded Iraq. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. That's upsetting. Just what a time. What a time. Just, yeah. Imagine you're watching the news. You're like evening news. We're going into Iraq. We're showing the, the like, original airstrikes of yeah. this country. And then you flash forward to people eating meat and flirting after saying, I want to go home. Speaking of, episode six more than meets the eye. Meets spelled M-E-A-T-S. Great. I love it. So good. Good pun. That's a good one. If we can get more puns in these titles, I will be a happy camper. Definitely beats pickup sticks. True. It really does. So this episode, we, we open, we're hanging out, and the Tamaki tribe is reeling after the last vote. And I think Christy is having a little bit of a, well, why wasn't it me? It's, it's the survivor, not, not the show survivor. Right. Yeah. 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 Survivor's guilt. Yep. Survivor, survivor's guilt. That's confusing. Well, and I think, I think, yes. And I think that also part of it is she doesn't want to be kept around because she has a disability. She Mm -hmm. doesn't want people to treat her differently pro or con. Yeah. And so she's like, am I only still here because you don't, because you would feel bad voting off a deaf person. And this conversation is great. It's a good conversation. I also will say editors of this season are fucking killing it. Yeah? They are doing such a good job. I agree. One of my favorite things is how the starts of the episodes are so dramatically flipped by the end. Mm-hmm. Like, I, at this point, like, my first note is shut the fuck up, Roger. Which, I mean, that one, I guess, doesn't change too much. We don't hear any. <laughs> he does. We don't hear anything more from Roger. Yeah. Uh, 
And like, do you regret your choices now, Heidi? Like when they're split, they're split up, and then they become seemingly a very integrated tribe. Mm-hmm. They they get they become buddies. Yeah, and like you said, Roger and Butch are oh, kind of mm-hmm. like trying to to calm Chrissy down. And it's like Roger says, Gene brought strengths that Butch already had. So like we we had those strengths covered. Um, and Dave's sitting there like, this is bullshit. You're lying. Why, why are we, why are we, these aren't the reasons that you told me. Yeah, but Dave, it doesn't seem like Dave thinks that Roger's lying to the women. Dave thinks Roger's a lot, that li- Roger lied to him. Mm, interesting. That's what was my impression of it. That makes because sense Because Dave me. is suddenly like very insecure. Like, oh, we're, you're playing the game based on who deserves it? Fuck. Yeah. F- fuck. I'm in trouble. I don't deserve anything. <laughs> I might be in trouble. <laughs> and Chrissy's like, I-, I thought I was the weakest one, really playing into that survivor's guilt. And then Heidi saying, no, we're a team now. This That vote was to solidify us as a team, and it's going to be great from here on out. And then we wake up the next morning, and she is contemplating, oh, maybe, maybe, oh. maybe not. Because the guys go off and they go fishing mm-hmm. and leave the the ladies to work on something else and her immediate thought is i have made a, a huge mistake yeah i mean at the start of the episode that camp is a two is a two-tier system like the three men are making the decisions mm-hmm. and the two women are doing like they have their tasks and all that but like they're around it the impression is that they're around only until you lose the next immunity yeah and actually maybe i should walk that back in the, it's not necessarily that she thinks she got it wrong. Her direct quote is, I just don't know if they're getting it in, in the guys. Like, they just they just don't understand how this team thing is going to work. They'll get it, I swear. I mean, they did. They did. Kind of. But I think, Heidi, you're looking at this the wrong uh-huh. way. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Heidi has forgotten Heidi has forgotten how to count to five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Over at Jabaru, Matt is brushing his teeth. People, the, these guys who haven't done anything to clean themselves or mm-hmm. to feel fresh are brushing their teeth. Rob brushes his teeth, asks if anyone wants to make out with him because it's Rob. Yeah. He, he has to. Yeah, he can't help himself. He's so, he, he does this, he walks this line of being like, kind of like, weird like mm. it's not even like from my perspective and maybe i i don't have the greatest radar on this it doesn't seem creepy because he's so non-threatening correct so it like it's almost endearing he really is walking the line yeah pretty well and there's sometimes he steps over that line and says something you're like rob rob no don't do that <laughs> but it has this it has this, you're like i'm a schmuck <laughs> like it's not like uh you don't think he's gonna do something dangerous you know or like sure. or like he, it doesn't seem like he makes anyone uncomfortable. They're just like, ah, that's Rob. Yeah. Ah, Rob's being Rob. Ah, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> and all this is happening. Dina is sitting off to the side doing a case study. Mm-hmm. Like, mm, these men are fascinating. I want to know more about them. But not in the ways that Shauna wants to know more about them. Yes. In the ways of... I want to take notes and write a, a research paper on these idiots. I mean, she's a prosecutor literally building a case. Yeah, it's great. She's, she's, I love Dina. Yeah. After that happens, Shauna and Alex cuddle. 
and they they continue their romance as it was from the last episode where oh sparks are flying a little bit and they're laying on each other showmances always end well right yeah especially this episode yeah <laughs> oh yeah jenna tags along kind of in this showman's cuddling yeah it's like they it's it's a very classic dynamic of like the two people that couple up and then the friend that stays like and now it's become like a safe th- group of three yeah all all of that to say shauna moves forward and th- feeling oh i'm feeling great now like my i've done a 180 life is great and this guy alex like he's seen me at my worst he hasn't yeah i was going to say when she said that i was like no, no. You, you walked to the camp and you were like, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, you're way better. He has not seen you at your worst. And she thinks that's good, that he already, he already knows how bad I have been, and it can only be better from there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And everything was happily ever after after that. End of episode. Great. We can go home. Cool. Nice. Anyway, jump into the reward. We get the reward challenge. We have... I'm from Minnesota. We've established this. Have you ever seen Lumberjack games? Uh, I know of them. Okay. You're from Michigan. I, yeah. I feel like they would work their way into there sometime. Maybe. Uh, essentially, what this challenge is, is one of the Lumberjack games yeah. where they're on a large spinning log that it stays in one place, and if you fall, you fall into a pit of water. They're just doing one-on-one challenges. You have to go against the same sex, and yeah, first to five wins. I love this challenge. Yeah, tell me This more. is a, this, I don't know, we've had too many challenges in, now, in the show for me to keep track, mm-hmm. but I think this could be my favorite, if not, it's one of my favorites. It's set up perfectly. So first to five rather than best of five. Yep. The only thing I would have done a little differently is maybe switch up who's facing who, but then you get rivalries. That's cool. Uh, like if you, when they circle back around, they still, they still face the same person. Yeah. Some of those hit like the last one. Yep. Christy and Jenna. Jenna. Yep. And originally I was like, why do they have to be against this person of the same gender? Like that's fucked up. Like there's no like gender advantage of this competition. And then I realized why. Because that's their former tribe mates. Correct. So now you have done a tribe swap, and you've incentivized them, not only given them the pro of working together as a tribe to to make that tribe swap work and make the merge more interesting, you've now given them one-on-one adversaries in a challenge that, like, sure, they're not going to hold it, like, oh, this person beat me, and but it, it builds into a background resentment awesome it uh, they're trying to set it up so that these people who you were tribesmates and you've established this bond hey you have other tribesmates now like when you get to the merge and merge as we see at the end of this episode is coming real quick yeah you can't just rely on these old people that you relied on before in fact it's probably better if you don't so good good things are happening with survivor yeah we are learning yeah this i mean this feels like a new era like the first five seasons i mean again i will always say season one is kind of its own thing but amazon feels like the start of a new era of survivor mm-hmm. and i agree And it is doing the heavy lifting for turning Survivor into a great show. So, we're playing for vegetables, spices, and a big-ass fruit platter. Worth playing for? Yeah, I mean... Says Jeff. Of course it is. (laughs) 
The merge is probably next episode. So, like, sure, the fruit is going to be gone. Mm -hmm. You're going to eat the fruit by then. But, like, the spices and stuff, even if you lose the challenge, you're going to get it in three days. Correct. Yeah. Not not a big loss on that one. Not a big loss. And I think that if it was a dud challenge, then we'd be like, what the fuck is this reward? But because the cha- like the actual like challenge is fun and the challenge like builds that like one on one competition to go into the merge, it's more important than the actual reward itself. Yeah, and I think we we get a little bit sidetracked with the plot on this one because they are eating well in this season. Yes, and part of that is just because of how abundant the fish are yeah. in these rivers. And Matt, as we see later in the episode, is... 12 fucking fish! 12 fish in one day. I Clearly, this isn't a problem, but to get something different... Yeah. And <laughs> like later Survivor kind of figures this out, and they give it to him at different points, usually later in the game, of chocolate, ice cream, yeah. these comfort foods that you just haven't had. Fruit and vegetables... Aren't as exciting, but a mix-up, something different. Be. I think fruit would be very exciting in that in that con. They're like in, in that part of the season. Yep, this I part agree. of the season. Yeah. So Jeff says we're we're pulling random matchups, and here are the matchups as I just go down the list: Roger and Matt, Heidi and Shauna, Alex and Dave, Butch and Rob, Jenna and Christy, and then we and then circle back. We circle back, but they do kind of mix up. A oh, they do. Here. Okay, it, it's weird because some of them do and some of them don't. And part of that, I think, is because there are more matchups of guys. Okay. So like the draw rate is a little easier for those things to happen sure. twice. Sure. Okay. So the second time around, Roger faces Alex. Heidi and Shauna are the same. Butch and faces Matt. I always get Alex and Matt mixed up. I mean, I don't blame you. Like you said. So does Shauna. Uh, Hell, That's good stuff. Anyway, going down the line, Matt and Shauna win, putting Jabaru up 2-0. Then David Butch come back, and it's 2-2. Butch is really good at this. Butch is good at this. Maybe he studied the Lumberjack game. He believed in himself. He Butch is fucking Ted Lasso. He is Ted Lasso, and I love him. And then we're, we're at a 2-2 split. Christy wins. They're up 3-2. Alex, Shauna, flip it. It's now 4-2 Jabiru. Butch wins like second time against another big strong man. So it's 4-4 going to the last match. And we get... This is the best last match they could have had. We get Christy versus Jenna. Christy, who felt very outcasted by Jenna specifically. Jenna specifically. Yeah. And maybe Shauna. We don't know what... But obviously, like, her and Heidi have bonded at this point. Because she said it was, like, the young women. But, yeah, I mean, we've seen it throughout the season up to this point before the tribe swap. Like, Jenna does not even remember Christy exists most of the time. And actively ignores her. She's gonna remember now. She's gonna have to. She dunked her twice. Yep. And Christy wins it for Tombaki. What a good feeling. That's a great feeling. And... I, Survivor is really playing into that, like, the, the joyous feeling of the, I, I don't even know what to call it, the the birth of Christy as a Survivor player. My prediction for All-Stars is that it will be, assuming that they want to come back, because who knows, the two winners from this season and next season, and Christy. Mm, okay. That's my prediction. All right. Cool. That also is without me taking into account, like, any, like, gender balancing that they probably want to do. Um, or tight balancing or anything like that. That's just the obvious standout to me. Yeah. 
Okay. So you lose a challenge. You go home. You're kind of bummed about it. So what do you do to make yourself feel better? Beach party. Communal bath. Let's all go take a bath together. I I don't know what it is about this episode where all they have is time to clean themselves. Yeah, everyone in Jabaru except for Dina. So, so horny. Yeah. Which which makes Dina in a great position. Yes. I think it's funny. And smart of Jenna. Jenna's like, I mean, I've been waiting for this all season because Jenna came in being like, fuck, I wanted to manipulate the men with my body. Yeah. And now she can. And now and she's, she's just like, listen, if if wearing a bikini is going to keep me around a few extra days, fucking great. Yeah, I'm going to do it. That is awesome. Like, I just love seeing, like, people weaponize attributes of themselves. Mm-hmm. To, in a game like this, obviously, like, in real life, it's manipulation and context-sensitive and all of that. But in Survivor, I love this shit. <laughs> it, it's, it, is the, it is the swimsuit model version of the fish economy. Ooh. Ooh. And sex work is work. Yes. She's not the only one, because Shauna does dig yes. into that, too. And But Shauna doesn't want to stay, so... <laughs> She kind of. She kind of wants to stay. There are cute boys who like her now. Shauna, Shauna forgot she's on Survivor, and not on a dating show. <laughs> well, get, hold that. Oh thought. yeah, we'll get back to that. This is all happening. Dina is sitting off to the side, saying, "I know what's going on here. I know where the players are playing. I know these moves that these ladies are doing," and just leaves it at that. Doesn't say I respect it. Doesn't say I'm pissed about it. Just says, "I know what's going on." Yeah. And is there's such a power in observing. Mm-hmm. Dina has found... She's not she's not actively ostracized either, right? It's not like she's n- not being a part of the group. She's there. Mm-hmm. She's obviously not interested in behaving like that. But she's not outwardly judging them. She's just interacting on a casual level and observing. Yeah. Which is so important. Yeah. I love it. We flip over to Tomiki. We're celebrating our win. Christy, I needed Jenna to go down like that. I needed yeah. her to go down. Like, okay. I, I see the grudge there. I get it. Maybe bring it back just a little bit. It was a confession to us, so I'm cool with yeah. that. No, I liked it. And Heidi comes in, hey, this is a strong team. This is Heidi's motto for the entire episode. Yeah. Team. Team. We are team. We <laughs> we are team. Our team. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Bring the back. Team. Team? Us. You. Yes. Me. Okay. Team. Oh, got it. Thank you, Heidi. (laughs) (laughs) The entire episode. This is all we get. This is fucking Pokemon. (laughs) This is like her her Pokemon name is Team. Team, team. Team, team. Side tangent. (laughs) I always found it funny that some writer somewhere, instead of saying hey, Pokemon make these, like, noises and growls and grunts in the actual game. What do you want to do? Like, do you want to come up with, like, this lore of noises that they can make? Nah, just have them say their name over and over again. Won't people get annoyed with that? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. If you want something to just make you laugh a little bit, go look up the episode of Pokemon where they meet Livani. Oh, God. I'm just going to leave it at that. Anyway. I also want to point out the very small side tangent, then we'll get back to it. <laughs> the band episode of the first season of Pokemon. I don't remember this. Oh, yeah. It's because several people pull guns on Ash. Oh, shit. Yeah. 
There's a lot of censored stuff. It's, in. it's the one, it's the episode where Ash gets his Taurus, which is why in America, everyone's like, where the fuck did he get that? That makes so much sense. Yeah. I do not remember him getting the Tauros. Because it was banned in America because somebody pulls a gun on him and threatens to shoot him. Oh, come on. It's America. We love guns. Yeah, they're worried that we'd actually do it here. That's fair. In Japan, it's like, ah, it's not a thing people do here. It's like, oh, my uncle did that yesterday. Where, where they get a gun? America, down the street, <laughs> down the, wherever you want. Yeah. Anyway, going back to the show that we're that we're doing a podcast about. This is an episode of of Odd Couples. Okay. And I love the Butch and Christy Odd Couple. I do too. It's very wholesome. It's so wholesome. It's the best version of the Pascal Malia, Roger Elizabeth mm. types of duos. Yeah. He he comes in and he says. We had a defining moment. There are defining moments in our lives. And I, as a coach, firmly believe these defining moments are all around us, but they're they're few and far between. And that moment when Christy realized, not not when Christy won the, the game, but that moment when Christy realized that we kept her for her talents and she smiled, that was a defining moment. It was very sweet. It was very sweet. I don't know if I agree with it, but very sweet. Christy seemed to. Yeah. That's all you needed, really. Yeah. I, I'm i a, I'm a huge fan. I hope that the two of them keep an alliance, and I don't really see either of them making power plays. Mm. Maybe Christy will. Butch, we haven't seen any gameplay from. <laughs> Butch is just vibing. Yeah. Those kind of people hang around for a long time, but they don't win. And the, the big highlight from that conversation is Butch saying... You don't have a disability, Christy. Yeah. You don't. And Christy's saying, I spend my whole life trying to prove that to people. Yeah. And it is. It's very nice. And Christy is very, like, shaken up in the confessional. And in the group, she's very composed and very put together. But in that confessional, you can but tell. glowing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. She, uh, She's feeling great. And I would be, too. Over at Jabaru. Steven, you don't have a disability. Don't. No, no. Stephen, you don't have a disability. And I, I, I don't. Is this gaslighting? <laughs> Is this what being gaslit feels like? You said you would too, so I'm just I'm letting you feel it. Thanks, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's funny because you actually don't. I don't. I really don't. But now now I, do I? Confusion. Anyway, Jabaru. <laughs> Alex is losing his momentum. And Rob is out to get him. No. No. Matthew's losing his momentum. He's the fish economy. Why did I write Alex? I mean, Alex might be losing his momentum. I don't remember about that. But Rob is out to get Matthew originally. And then is like, ah, we gotta keep him. Okay, we need him. Maybe I did the thing that you did where I just... I put Matthew, insert Matthew, into Alex. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Happens. Or someone spoke it, and I don't remember. And, that, oh no. It's... Versus Rob and Dina, odd couple. Yes. It's great. They are dangerous together. They are maybe the two smartest players on this season. If they decide to continue working together, man, that's going to be... I'm predicting, just because of what the show has shown us so far and who they've shown us mm -hmm. i think in the merge the dividing alliances will be 
a Rob Dina alliance and a Heidi Jenna alliance. Ooh. Ooh. Let's let's hold that thought then, shall we, as we get into the merge. Rob is sitting with Dina and is realizing how much of a game player she is. Mm -hmm. And he's been hungry for this this Mm -hmm. entire time because no one will play with him at the guys' camp. Yeah. So him talking with Dina and saying, oh, she's as hungry as anyone here. I like this. He lets the facade drop to to Dina and lets her see. Is this the same? I mean, is this Brian 2.0? No. No. Brian is a sociopath that creates false personalities or false attachments in relationships and then calls them his sheep. Rob is a strategist. Mm -hmm. That is, the things he's showing you aren't lies. Like, if he's strategizing and you're not in on it, he's not showing you lies. He's just showing you only enough. You only know what you need to know from Rob. Sure. Yeah. Like, he's manipulating, but there's a difference between, like, I think that Brian, if the cameras were off and the show was about being the last one standing, Brian would just murder everyone to get there. (laughs) Would just take the most direct path. I mean, you could do it. With no feeling or emotions whatsoever. And Rob would still play the game. That's the difference. (laughs) (laughs) That's beautiful. Thank you for that. And... He, he's sitting there and thinking, like, no one would suspect Dina and I work together. Exactly. And I think he's right. Mm-hmm. So they're talking, they're hanging out, and they're kind of communicating who they want to go after here. And Rob wants to merge and go after the men. Like, we make it to the merge, we do what we have to do, and then we go after the men. Fascinating. And his big target at the start of this conversation is Matthew. Yep. Matthew... He seems like a genuine person. He seems very nice. He's a complete idiot, and he doesn't know what's going on out here. Correct. <laughs> do you do you agree with this? Kind of. Okay. Matthew did know he was on the bottom at the guy's tribe, so he has some sense, and he's he's been smart. It's a different type of intelligence. He's been smart in knowing that he is on the bottom and be like, I'm going to shut the fuck up, and I'm going to fish. Mm-hmm. And that actually saves him. Yeah. Like, Dina mentions that, like, in this conversation of, like, yeah, but he feeds us all. Yeah. We get 12 fish for dinner. Yeah. We want to eat that. That's super important. So he's managing his threat level really well, but he's not... We haven't seen him do any strategizing. Mm. We saw a little bit in the early episodes that made me interested, but now he just seems kind of like an idiot now that he's on this (laughs) tribe. He has... And he can't read people. He is terrible at reading people. Yeah. Yeah. He has the issue that I feel like I might run into in a survivor scenario where you're like, okay, he is valuable. I sometimes like being around him, but man, he cannot read a room to save his life. He cannot read a room. And more less so that can't read a room. He can't, him being around other people just looks awkward. Mm. And these conversations that he's having, they feel awkward and... I don't know. There's only so much of that you can take before. That's, yeah, that's true too. People are like, "Can we, can we just get rid of him?" But he feeds me. Mm. He's the Joanna of the guys' tribe, but much, much better than Joanna. That's fair. I agree. All right, and in, in that conversation, they 
they talk about how as long as he's catching fish, we'll let him stay. It's fine. Keep him. But then what do we do? What do, what do we who do we go after here? And then we, we kind of leave it there. Yeah, I was going to say, we don't get an answer to that, do we, we? We don't. Yeah. Interesting. And then Rob goes and talks to Matthew. Because mm-hmm. he's like, ah, we need his vote. Fine. We got to keep him around a little longer. He feeds us. And this is genius. Tell me more. Giving him a false plan is so smart. Being like, hey, this is what we're going to do. We are both outcasts on the guys' tribe. We're going to re-emerge with the guys and then, you know, pick them off. Like, send their vote somewhere else and pick them off. Genius for a couple of reasons. Shauna seems to have been Dina and Rob's target. Mm-hmm. So getting rid of Shauna without, you know, you have to tell them that you're getting rid of Shauna this time. Maybe they do. I don't know. But that aligns with that plan. So as far as he knows, cool. Everything's going according to plan. If he makes it to the merge and tells those guys that, you can just call him a liar. Yeah. I mean, he's not... He... In hierarchy standpoint, he is not up there. Like, he doesn't have the social pull to no. go in and say, he's trying to get you out. And you left your options open. Because if something goes wrong with Dina, or something something in the game changes, you now have this fake plan that you can fall back on. And the only way to really, truly blindside, blindside somebody is by them thinking that something else is going to happen that doesn't. You can't just... Like, if somebody feels like they're on the chopping block... Mm-hmm. And you just go, no, you're not. Or like, oh, we're going after this person, but there's no like plan from there on out. People start to get suspicious. Maybe not in seasons one through three when there was no such thing as a blindside. Uh-huh. But we saw it with what I would call the first blindside in Marquesas. Hunter thought he ran the tribe. Mm-hmm. He did not. Nobody had to convince Hunter that he was safe because he thought he ran the tribe. But now that that's been a, now that a blindside. Now that a blindside can happen has been established, you have to make that person, in order to keep them on your side and then backstab them, you have to give them a plausible plan. So what you're saying and what what I'm hearing from you is that this idea of going into the merge and picking off the men but leaving Matthew is, is all lie straight to him? I thought it wasn't, but then Rob says it is. Okay. In the confessional afterwards. Okay. So I, I don't actually no but either way it's genius whether it's a lie or it's the truth it's genius i'm down it's beautiful so that happens and then we flash forward into the night and we play the dating game (laughs) here's here's the tension (laughs) matt and alex are both kind of flirting yeah we've done a love triangle yeah we're we're still flirting with shauna and this is where we it becomes very obvious that matthew cannot read a room yeah, Matt, what happens here is, like, if you've ever seen the dating game, it's the th- three people on one side of a, a barrier, and then one person on the other side, and the three people are trying to woo the one person into picking them without seeing them. Obviously not the same in this scenario, but they are still trying to woo them. Yeah. And Shauna asks, what would you do for our date? Like, plan the perfect date for the two of us. And Matt story drones on and on and on it doesn't sound fun no he tells us yeah dc's not as fun as new york city but no, you're just not as fun as the other two guys like, um dc is a very hopping town and like maybe it wasn't as hopping at the time but i guarantee there was plenty of fun things to do in 2002 at dc 2003 you, 2003. you can go protest protest the iraq war i don't know that i want to do that on a date but <laughs> i guess that's an option 
Yeah. He goes on and on. It doesn't sound great. Survivor gives us sound cues to show just how not great it is. Yeah. We kind of... Do we see Alex's? I don't think so. Yeah, if we do, it's... Or it's very brief. I think we do, but it's like it's just like a couple sentences. Yeah. Like, yes, because it's right before Matthews, or as they've been calling him, Mateo. Mateo. Dude, she's not into you. <laughs> she's not into Matthew, you. Matthew, she's not into you. Hey, but he's going to lay his head on her. Mm. When she's obviously cuddling with somebody else and make See it weird. See what happens. Read the room, buddy. The, and- the man is fucking illiterate. He is multilingual. <laughs> he's not illiterate. <laughs> Anyway, then we get to Rob. Rob's playing this game. He doesn't have stake in the Shauna lottery, but he's still playing the game. And he describes a, a very beautiful romantic... It's going to be Christmas time, and it's going to be snowy, and we're going to go see a Wednesday matinee of a show on Broadway. I'm like, you've thought about this really well. And then we're going to go down, and we're going to st- skate at Rockefeller Center. And queerly, it's the best plan, and queerly... Rob is a great storyteller. Yes. And Shauna picks Rob. Which is hilarious, because again, doesn't have stake in the game. Yeah, and also, if you're if you're Shauna and you're in this kind of love triangle, but really it's just like a weird, like, it's like a fucking dingleberry hanging off your <laughs> your romance with, uh, with Alex. Yeah, pick the guy who has no stakes. And also did have the best of the, it's the true. stories. It it's true. It's a win-win. It's the perfect scenario for Shauna. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we then move over to the immunity challenge. The fuck is this challenge? Jared, this this season, the reward challenges have been so good, and the immunity challenges have been not very good. Jared, this this whole challenge is iconic. Can they just switch the? Can they just every time? Hey, Survivor producers in two thousand and three, <laughs> I guess two thousand two when you're planning these. Every time you are like, let's make that the reward challenge, just switch them. Just, just switch them. Just flip it. Just fl- make make the meet the reward challenge. It should have been. It absolutely It should have been. <laughs> but it's a new idea. It's fresh. These people can't plan for it. The meat did look fresh. It actually did look delicious. <laughs> it looked really good. Like it, How hard is that when you're that hungry? I guess they're not that hungry. This, they've been well fed, more well fed this season than previous seasons. But... You're, you haven't tasted beef in a little while. It's like, oh, God. Oh, I, I can't chew and swallow it? Fuck. Yeah, so let me explain this challenge, because it, if you did not watch the episode, it's a lot to take in. There are two giant uh, beef thighs. Is yeah, that, yeah. Slabs of beef. Slabs of beef. Or like a whole cow flank. I don't know. I think it was I think it was too big to be a leg. No, because it was all on like one bone. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it was... Like a whole ass leg. Or a shoulder or whatever you Yeah, maybe a shoulder. I don't know what my beef cuts are. Sure. Anyway. That's also not a beef cut. They just took a part of the cow (laughs) and hung it up. Yeah. And it's all cooked, I assume, because it looks like it was barbecued and looked delicious. Also, they're not going to make them... They would not do that with raw meat. I would hope so. (laughs) Anyway. Sorry, I'm just thinking about something in the future. Damn it! (laughs) Anyway, they are going and they have to rip meat off of this bone with their mouth and transfer it into a basket that will be weighed later. Their hands are tied behind Except their back. Except it won't be weighed later. It's being weighed as oh, they yeah. do it. It's weighed But they time. said the same thing, which is, like, it wasn't like the fish challenge where they revealed which one was heavier. Sure. The whole time you know if you're ahead or behind. Yeah. It's 
I actually think I like that better, knowing if you're ahead or behind. In this scenario, yes. Yes. I think because it was so close, it was great. Yeah. I, I think that was a fun way to keep it interesting. Jeff shouting out the weights every three minutes. And it was. It was super close. This whole... <laughs> things to call out during this. Mm-hmm. One, people are having a hard time. It, it takes them a little bit to figure out how to play this game. Because the meat is essentially on a pendulum... And when you push from one side, it just kind of like circles around you. So people figure out that if I just like lay my body on top of the bone to hold it still, then other people can grab. And Butch does this for a long time. He's just like, go grab the food. I will put my face on this meat. It was a good time. And other highlights, people... The meat gets stuck in people's mouths. Yeah. And, and their beards. Yeah. And the only way for them to get it off of them is for someone else to swoop in and grab it from their mouth, which leads to some really awkward scenarios where sometimes it's just, ah, uh, and they grab it and take it out of their hanging from their mouth. And in one scenario in particular, it was, I believe it was Heidi had a piece and then someone like came in to grab it and they shoved their faces together so hard that they essentially open mouth kiss. Yeah. Like that's weird. I think it was Roger. I think it was Roger. And it's just a weird, a weird scenario to be in. Yeah. I I didn't like that. I mean, uh, yeah, it doesn't seem like anything untoward was going on, but it's a weird, weird fucking challenge, man. Yeah. Why do you say this iconic? Oh, it's so iconic. Like, looking back at this season and people who are like, oh, if I think about any challenge, it's this challenge. It's always this challenge. Really? It. I mean, it is out of pocket. It, it is... What, how did they get here? Like, how did they... What was the brainstorming session? I think it probably started at Piranhas. But, like... They could have stopped at any point in production before bringing them there to do anything else. No! We're not doing that. We're getting weird. Don't be wrong. I loved it. But it was, I kind of loved it in like a, what the fuck are we doing here yeah. kind of way. Yeah. And all that, all the back and forth, Tombaki wins by less than half a kilo. Why didn't they weigh this in pounds? That's a good question. Because a, one... Uh, one kilogram mm-hmm. is 2.2 pounds. Yes. So, easier to read the scale. Correct. An American audience actually knows how much it is because what nine uh, nine kilograms is like roughly 25 pounds. That, first of all, it's a lot of fucking meat. <laughs> when you, it, that sounds like more than nine kilograms. Number is bigger. Correct. And also, yeah, you can like tell it differently on the scale. Like, thankfully, there there was like it was like one side of nine, the other side of nine. But there's a world where they could have been so close that you're like, I don't, I don't know. Here is here here's my answer to that. Is I think you you kind of hit the head or hit the nail on the head at the last second. There is I think they wanted it to seem close. So oh okay, you have small number suddenly. Eight versus nine seems way closer than twenty-three versus twenty-seven. That's true. Yeah. Okay. I see um, it. There's That's that. smart. Other thought that I had while I was saying that is 
they may not have had the scale and brought the scale with them. Oh, sure. They went to like, uh, they went to, or they bought it in Brazil or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So it would have to be in Kilo at that point because America refuses to adopt the metric system. We were here first, damn it. No, we weren't. No, no. Actually, okay. the imperial system existed before the standardized metric system, and everyone else changed, and we stayed the same. Sorry, I thought you meant America was here first. I'm like, no, no, no. No, 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 no. I get what you're saying now. Yes. But also, metric is way better for it's most things. It's a much better system. Except the one thing that I will argue with is the uh, temperature. Temperature, yeah, no. Yeah, measuring in Celsius is stupid. Yep, cool. <laughs> anyway, that happens. Tomaqui... Tomaqui! Tomaqui! Tamaki. Tamaki wins, and we go back, and Jabaru is now having a moment. Oh, I did want to point out one fun moment at the end of the challenge, by go the on. way. Jeff is like, stop or whatever, and they're all just standing around, and Gene just gets fucking wrecked by the bone. Oh. Like, it like, it like swings around, and just like, hits her in the back. I did not even see that. <laughs> That's beautiful. Stop! Not on the point where, like, obvious, like, I don't think she took, like, damage. But it was funny. No, it's one of those scenarios where if this was later re-released and uh, someone went through and did some editing, they could make a bonk noise, just like yes. uh, Star Wars. <laughs> yep. Bonk. Draw the eye. Anyway, Shauna is saying... This fucking meeting. Uh, I, I don't want to go. I, I, I don't want to go anymore. I know I wanted to, but I don't want to go anymore. However, these ladies deserve to stay more than I do. So if you're going to vote someone, vote me out. And you're like, girl, what are you trying to say here? Sean, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. Because, like, <laughs> you're a fucking idiot. If you wouldn't have said that, like, let's run the numbers real quick. Mm-hmm. She has the votes. She has three of the six votes in her pocket. Mm-hmm. As long as the two, her two suitors don't go for each other. And so she immediately puts herself and then her two suitors on the chopping block. Yeah. Once she says that, the two guys who are after her, white knight. I was, I literally, I was like, they start, they're literally white knighting the love triangle. And so they're like, I'm going to vote for him and I'm going to vote for him. And they're just pointing at each other. And we're like, the fuck, dude? (laughs) Rob and Dean are like, oh, cool. Yeah. All right. Rob is literally like, I spent all this time putting my effort into Matt yeah. for him to do this stupid shit yeah. and probably get sent home. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, Rob. You're right. God damn it. Shauna. Shauna is charismatic and attractive, so she gets a pass in, like, our subconscious. Pretty privilege. Yeah. She's fucking awful at Survivor. She's worse than Zoe. Yeah. She might be, outside of, like, real edge cases, like Peter and Joanna, like, the the freaks, the freaks that they cast to be freaks, she might be the worst person since season one at this game. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to speed through because we're running out of time. Okay. But we hit tribal. There, most of this tribal is them establishing their position in the tribe, like... Matt is the provider. I am the provider. Rob's the entertainer. And it, it's dumb. It's, yeah. it's... The one thing I do want to point out is Jeff talking about, uh, like, to Dina being like, do you feel, since you're not, the since you're not, like, in the young group, like, do you feel, and basically she's like, fuck you, I'm young. Yeah. Like, she says, like, well, as a member of that group, actually. <laughs> yeah. Gold. Dina, coming through. 
And Jeff saying the words love shack is a little off-putting to me. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Anyway, we have the vote. Shauna gets voted out four to two. A couple things here. Mm-hmm. Rob's voting confessional, hilarious. And I 100% agree with him. Like, I, you you seem so nice. You're a great person to have around. You are, and that's what makes you terrible at Survivor. Yeah, I actually wrote down the quote. It's, you, you put the needs of others before the mm. needs of yourself. That makes you the best person I know, and the also a terrible Survivor player. She's a terrible Survivor player. Yes! I cannot say that enough. We know and this. Alex voted for Shauna. No, Matt voted for Shauna. No. Now I have to look this up. I'm pretty sure it was Matt. Matt's an idiot. Because Alex had a vote, but Matthew didn't. I don't know that that's true. Alex voted Matt, and Shauna voted Matt. Oh. Correct. Okay. So all the other votes were Shauna. So Matthew voted for Shauna. Correct. Rob must have had a hand in that. Yes. Yeah. Because I'm thinking, I'm like, Matthew's not smart enough to come to that on his own. <laughs> Rob is is dragging along Matt. Yeah. I was actually, I, I, I wish we'd have gotten a little more Jenna this episode. Mm. I'm interested to see how that conversation went of like, we got great, girl, we got great Shauna. I guess it probably didn't take that much convincing. It was probably pushing on an open door, even though she's friends with her. She wants more men in the game because her game is to manipulate them. Yeah. So you can't have two men go home. And Shauna's a threat to her. If she's trying to be the person that is manipulating men, she can't have someone else in a love triangle with two men. I need to manipulate the men, not you. Yeah. Anyway, Shauna goes home. And Alex is heartbroken. Oh. Oh, his face. Oh. I will say, I was accidentally right a couple episodes ago. Tell, about what? Before The episode before the tribe swap, I was like, I was trying to figure out like who goes home on the girls' tribe. And I was like, well, first it's uh, Jean, and then probably Shauna, because you can release her corpse now that you have enough votes. So like, I did all the wrong math, but I got the right answer. You got there. Oh, man, that's funny. Okay. How do you think uh, Shauna does in Future Survivor? Terrible. Terrible. She doesn't do anything around camp. She gets the sads that is immediately changed when she has male attention. She walks into camp and goes, yeah, if you're going to vote any of the women out, vote me out. And not in, like, I want to go home way like she did two episodes before that. I don't, like... I made the joke with Janet that, like, why are you here? Because, mm -hmm. like, and that's another one of those, like, edge cases where it's, like, you probably shouldn't have been put on the show because you were not, you can't, I guess it's kind of unknowable beforehand, but, like, you did not understand what you were signing up for. Shauna kind of falls in that camp a little bit. Like, mental toughness is important, and I think we haven't talked about it enough. Shauna has zero mental toughness. Physically, she seems fine. She seems like she was surviving the jungle just fine. But she has no mental fortitude. And... She never made a move. No. The only two moves she made were like, hey guys, you should send me home. She was too busy being miserable to make moves, Jared. And then even when she was not miserable, she said, if you're sending anyone home, it should be me. Or any of the women home, it should be me. It's, yeah. yeah. Yep. We keep losing the best possible person every episode. Because like, for the entertainment of the show... Shauna needed to go next. I mean, you could have also had Matthew go home and it would have been fine. But the the people that are good at the game are actually staying around. Okay, yeah. I'm there with you. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm very happy with how this season is playing out. Yeah. And in a future... Yeah, so where do I think she'd place in a future season? I think she would place as the first person voted off after the edge cases are gone. 
Okay. Or like she's she's the first easy vote, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like if there's like someone that did something, if there's a bean incident. The beans! <laughs> if there's, you know, someone that you really need to get rid of because they're divisive, sure, you're going to do those first. And then right when you're out of people that you need to pick off or out of rivalries where one side's really trying to stab the other, you just get rid of Shauna. Yeah, I agree. Protagonist of the episode, it's split, actually. Uh, Rob and... Well, I'm going to say it's Rob, because it's Rob and Dina, but we get more of Rob. It's Rob. Sure. Okay. Uh, I, there is some stuff about Shauna. I mean, it, it's more of it. There's an interview we can talk about, but I don't think a whole lot is exciting. She's just, she's living her life. She doesn't come back. Sure. So if anyone has anything that wants to, they want to like bring out about her and what she's doing in her life, by all means, do so. I I don't feel the need to go through all of this. Um, but yeah, I think as far as I can tell, she's she's just doing her thing. Not on Survivor anymore. Yeah. Doing her thing. Getting Matthew's vote was unnecessary and kind of stupid. That was actually misplayed by Rob. I mean, I don't think it's a big one, but you already had three votes is all you needed with if if Matthew had just thrown his vote on Alex. Fair. Yeah, as, I, as I'm scrolling through this, a lot of it just seems like she distances herself from the show as she go Like, she doesn't even watch reality TV anymore. Uh, she's not disappointed that she got voted out so early or where she did. Because then she got to go on a free vacation with Jean. You're like, okay, cool. Way better than sitting at Ponderosa for a couple more weeks. That's fair. Yeah. Is this the first time Ponderosa's mentioned? This is, we have not mentioned it in game, so I don't know if it exists at this point mm. as Ponderosa. Okay. This is the first time that we have seen an interview where they directly address yeah. Ponderosa, and I don't know if that's what it's being called at the time, but if that well, is... Where did that name come from? I don't know. Okay. I'm sure it's very accessible, or sure. it's just a straight translation, but... I don't know off the top of my head. Hmm. I just know it as Ponderosa because sure. that's all I've ever known it as. It. One last thing to to bring out is she uh, does not go on to marry either Alex or Matt. Just throwing that out there. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Cool. Anything else? Nope. Cool. Bubber. <laughs> and that will do it for this episode of the Survivor Journey Back Time podcast. Thank you all for joining us. Jared, the saga continues. I got another text from oh Mike my Harvard. <laughs> Just wanted to reach out and let you know that if you rebook with me, next you need, it's on the house. Like, girl, stop. I, I want you to be paid. Jesus, It's man. okay. It, like, it's really okay. I, I don't understand. She gave me her email, too. Please stop. Is your barber hitting on you? No, I don't know who this person is. Oh. <laughs> This is concerning. Yeah. What do you want to promote? Boundaries. Nice. Your barber should have boundaries, and that's what I want to promote. I agree. This is too much. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I'm promoting, I've, I've been, I've been collecting old retro games for a long time, but now I'm actually getting into, like, fixing them. It's kind of fun. I have a soldering set that just came in the mail, which is... Uh, as dangerous as we're going to get, but I could easily ruin something worth way more money than I want to be ruined. This is your version of model train collecting. Is it, though? Yes. 
Okay, well, I want to defend myself, so tell me more. This is the this is the dad activity. It's more of a bad side hustle. Oh, you're gonna be you're gonna be selling them? No, God, no. Well, then it's not a side hustle. I could if I wanted to, and I've contemplated. I'm not going to. I don't know. I could fix. Th- I could replace. Live, could- live your joy. I'm not here to. I'm not here to make fun of you. Well, actually, no. That's explicit why I'm here. You are absolutely here to make fun of me. But underneath that, live your joy. You're not hurting anybody. It's a cute hobby. Whatever. I'm 30. I can do what I want. That's true. For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. For my host Steven, this is Jared. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye.